Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Okay, welcome back, guys. Today, we are going to be joined with a special guest, um, Sean. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Wonderful studio here. Love to be here. Yep. Glad to talk a little uh, sports. All right, so today we are going to be talking about how the NCAA is on a, a Monday night in your experience when you went back in um, 08, 09 for the Final Four and how much we hate having it on a Monday night. And then we're going to be talking about the Masters and asking questions, our favorites to win, our underdogs, who we want to win, all of that. So, yeah, let's get to it. All right, so as you may know, for the NCAA March Madness, um, today, I think this year it was at Monday at 9.20 p.m., which is just ridiculous. Um, because why would you have it on a Monday night? And I know, like, the West Coast, it would be at, like, 6.20. But on a Monday night, why wouldn't you just put it on, like, a Sunday night where you could ha- you could put it at 6 o'clock and it could be, like, 3 o'clock for the West Coast, or you could put it at 8 o'clock and be 5 o'clock for the West Coast where the time wouldn't really matter? Yeah, I I think that's pretty much garbage. Uh, So when we went back in 2009, we sat in the student section. We drove, we drove out uh, Thursday, went to the game. The the first two games were on Friday. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. We went there. Uh, One of the cool things that they do is you play those games back to back. So you if you get tickets to one game, you get tickets to both games, which is actually pretty cool because uh-huh. now you get to see both games, whether yeah. yeah, whether you wanted the other team or not, you know, you could see another game. So uh, back then we went, uh, we sat in the UConn section, we played Michigan State, lost to them. Uh, Tyler Hansborough dominated Villanova, wasn't hands down. Yeah. Uh, so now we got to wait around. So we wait around all day Saturday. We're waiting around. Oh, sorry. It was Saturday. And then it was, um, yeah. then it was, we wait around all day Sunday. And uh, we decided come Monday, we were just burnt out. We said, man, we got to get back. We got to go to school. We said, forget this. We, I had tickets. I had a $10 ticket to go to the game and sit 10 rows back. And I said you know, to myself, you know what? I got too much to do. Mm-hmm. I got I to be home by Tuesday. And I drove the 16 hours home. I, I couldn't even stay for it. it it's upsetting. I, I think that uh, the NCA, I mean, overall, that tournament is absolutely wonderful. Oh, it's it's, great. I mean, what are, you, what are you competing with at that time? Um, you don't have football going mm-hmm. on. You know, baseball's just starting. You're really not competing not with how, it. The, the end of the NHL and NBA season's nothing really too big going on at all. Yeah, you, you might have a game or two, but for the most yeah. part, I mean, scheduling-wise, I would think that you can coordinate that. I mean, you have the biggest event. Put that on Sunday afternoon or not so much afternoon, maybe uh, um, evening. Yeah, in the evening there, and everyone can enjoy it. You know that there's, there's a lot of betting to it. There's a lot to it. I mean – there's got to be some dollar figures that are that are driving the money. Yeah. I don't I don't know what it is. I I'd like to know because I the thing is because people may sit here and say that it's on a Saturday night, so you're sitting here saying Final Four Saturday night. We want to give the kids a day off to kind of game plan, practice, take a day off of rest, and then Monday is the championship game. But I don't like the gap between the Elite Eight and the Final Four where it's a good four or five-day gap. So I say they put the Final Four, both games on Friday. You give them the day off Saturday, 
and then we have a game on Sunday evening. I I couldn't agree more with you there. Um, part of it too, you know, a lot of these schools, you know, you have kids traveling, parents traveling, um, you know, those those accommodations. I mean, it just makes it that much harder to try to travel in in people going to this. I mean, you know, from from my point of view at that time, you know, being a college student, you know, that was that was difficult to try and make those travel arrangements to make that happen, which is why we ended up leaving a day early and not even going to the game. So. We- which is just ridiculous. I, I, I completely agree. Now, I would have stayed. I absolutely would have stayed, and I would have watched that, and I would have watched Tyler Hansborough dominate Michigan State and, and take that home. That's what I would have done. I mean, that I, I'd like to see the numbers, like you said, because I want them to next year try to approach the different um, schedule change by just making the Final Four on a Friday rather than a Saturday and see how much the um, – TV views go up, uh, how many maybe ticket sales would go up. Because really, as you said, I'd like to see the numbers because I feel like on a Monday, it's a, it's a Monday at not 9.20. That just does not, it just doesn't make sense. And again, you said the West Coast would be more like 6.20, but even that, it's a Monday. It is. I mean, this this particular year, all you had to compete with on Sunday was WrestleMania, and if you're <laughs> if you're losing out there and you're losing your fans to it, I, I'm not sure uh, you got a different problem here. I, I don't know. I, I mean, if, if that if that's the problem, that's a talk for a different day. I mean, but I don't think that would be the problem. March Madness, I'd say, is one of the biggest sports events of the year, and just to have. To all these fans leading up and watching all these games just to not be able to see the end of the game because it's on at it finishing off at midnight. This game went to overtime, which means it's a uh, it's finishing on Tuesday, early Tuesday morning, which is just ridiculous. I think the game in itself should be earlier than nine on any day of the week. But considering this is a Monday, this is outrageous. I'm sorry. Um, I. It's a problem that needs to be fixed. So now we are going to be talking a lot about the Masters and asking each other questions, as I said, on our favorites and all that. So, yeah, let's get to that. Okay, so the first question I want to ask you is, what aspect of the game should we be looking for this weekend? Well, uh, I I believe I've been seeing some rain showers coming Mm -hmm. in uh, Saturday and Sunday. Of course, going to be playing a little bit softer Mm -hmm. uh, than normal um, the big bombers are still going to be bombing those balls down there. Uh, but when you're approach shots, when you, when you get a little bit wetter, uh, green's going to get a little softer. Mm-hmm. You can, you can attack some pins. These greens do roll. Um, I saw a, a video from Kevin Nah. He was next to a, he was about two inches away from the hole today. He hit a ball, uh, probably 20 feet up a hill, came back down and, and made the putt. Kind really? Of, Kind of cool, yeah. Uh, so greens are rolling pretty good at the moment. You get them a little softer, you can really attack some yep. pins. Um, certainly, um, putting's always the aspect. If you're not putting, you're not going to play well. No. Um, Kevin but Kisner. yeah, then you get guys that you know. Somebody like Kiz won a couple weeks ago. He's a little bit uh, doesn't hit the ball that far, so it really hurts him. He's not getting on these par fives and, and two where you you got Rory can reach. Uh, every par five, uh-huh. five and two. I mean, he just can't really finish as well. Yeah, he does. He's been struggling with his putting, but man, that that guy can bomb the ball. Yeah, he's he's been good lately. Him, DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got these Justin these guys. Rose. Yeah, they they can really they can really hit the ball. But um, I, I think that your your big thing is always going to be putting, just mm-hmm. just no matter what. But I think the, your whoever's got this intermediate um, 
if with with this rain coming, whoever's got the intermediate is is really going to be um, who stands out and who shines this weekend. Um, but my I guess my question to you is who do you who do you want to see? Who do you who are you looking for? You know, like who do you like out there? You not not so much to win the event, but who do you who do you want to see to you know coming up this weekend? Well, I mean, the obvious answer would be Tiger Woods, but I'll leave that to you. You can explain because. If I'm not going to include Tiger Woods, not such a bland answer, I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler here. Kind of like the game of baseball, the game of golf is kind of dying down um, because the younger audience isn't as interested. It's just kind of slow. They're more into the fast-paced games like uh, basketball and football nowadays. And Ricky Fowler is a fan favorite among um, children. So if he wins, that would draw attention from the younger audience, which would be great for the game of golf. Um, because I, I, and plus, I mean, who doesn't like the orange? I just really like Ricky Fowler and, um, another guy that I'd like, I'd personally, um, like to see win, uh, Jordan Spieth. I've just always, um, liked him. They had two, two really lovable guys. Certainly, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't disagree with you there. Ricky is, uh, it's hard not to like Ricky. Mm -hmm. He's. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. He looks like an everyday guy. Uh, certainly plays plays golf really well. Um, he's he he's a fan favorite, and mm-hmm. like you said, the kids the kids love him. So for the for the game of golf, yeah, that's he is he's the one to look for. He is the one to look for for sure in the game of golf. Well, if you're if you're asking uh, some of the other you you know you like Spieth, let me ask you this then. You've had Spieth already won, and then he last year uh, Jordan Reed won. Mm-hmm. The year before was Sergio. Out of those three, who has the best chances of repeating this year? I it's close because I feel like most. I'd go with Sergio Gar, uh, Garcia. Uh, last year he kind of was a little quiet last year, but I always feel like you know he's. He hasn't got a lot of attention. So I feel like sometimes in the Masters, we see some of these guys who it, it isn't always the uh, fan favorite or not even the fan favorite, but the, you know, the guy with the highest odds to win. And we look at like, oh, the top five guys, you know, power ranked. But he's a guy where he's not too low. But Sergio Garcia is definitely someone who I could uh, see winning this week. Uh, he's already won once. So why not another he, time? He's certainly. Uh has the capabilities of doing it. Um, I think uh, to answer that question, I'm I'm going Jordan. I know he collapsed. He's been he's been he had that epic collapse in 2016, but he also um, he he can play. I know he's been he's been putting pretty terribly lately, but I just I can't rule him out on this golf course. Mm. He's played so well over the years on this golf course. Patrick Reed's going through some some issues with his swing right now. There was talks about his wife sending texts to coaches asking to to look over his his swing and things. Oh, There's man. been some some uh, some things over him. Yeah, it's down uh, to I, Garcia. Yeah, I, and, Garcia and, also and Sergio's. Golf, so. Yeah, Sergio's been been pretty good. So, but if I'm gonna pick someone here, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a close call, but also I saw this is a golf course that is very long. You gotta hit the ball um, pretty hard to succeed. 70, 
7,700 yards. That's that is a that's a trail. You do you have yeah. to you have to be bombing the ball in order to play this, which certainly driving is going to be coming to an mm-hmm. aspect here. Um, okay. But the you know you can't rule out some of these slow oh, and yeah. steady guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you can't lose you can't win a tournament on on Thursday and Friday, but you can certainly lose it. So mm-hmm. um, these guys if they can hang around, make the cut. And, you know, uh, you know, five, five under, you know, can win this. I think mm-hmm. that's actually what uh, Patrick Reed was right around there. Um, yeah, I'll, I, I think so. He was, it was, uh, I, I know. I mean, he, yeah, he was uh, nine under. And then nine. Uh, 2016, Danny Willett was five under. Danny Willett at five under. Yes. That's so, I mean, I mean you can, you can, uh, you don't have to post some, some really low scores here. I mean, sometimes it depends on how the, how the course is going to play, but you know, you, you can have these slow and steady guys uh-huh. that, that can win this tournament. Especially this weekend with Saturday and Sunday are going to lower the scores a little with the weather. Uh, and we even saw 2007 Zach Johnson uh, one over. And one over. The, yeah. one Unbelievable. So, I mean, it could go anyway, especially we have to um, put the weather into perspective. And, um, yeah, that's uh, some of our uh, got repeats to look for uh, this weekend. Okay, so who do you have winning the Masters? Well, you're going to find this hard to believe, but I actually have my pick. My money is on the man, the myth, the legend, Tiger Woods. I, I do. I feel as if he is ready. He's coming back. He is. I, I, would, I realize that he is coming off these injuries. He's coming back. But you've got to remember that even though 1997 was the first time he played this thing, he He knows is, it like the back of his hand. But he is also – Wealth in the world right now. Uh, he he is back. He can certainly play with all these people. Four surgeries. Um, yeah, he he has. Um, I'm going to get spinal fusion surgery if this is how he is. <laughs> if he's going to play golf like this, I'm thinking about it. Um, but I I must say he he is my pick. Um, but if you want to pick other than Tiger, uh, I I got to go with Rory. Rory's playing mm. really well. I know he's the favorite, but man, is he playing well? There is. Arguably, nobody better in this field out there at striking the ball. And oh. his his A game is better than anyone else's A game. Um, he he can crush the ball. So I I would have to say I'm gonna I'm picking Tiger, uh, but Tiger is kind of the obvious answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you Rory on a second, and I'm gonna go with something around nine under for this tournament. Um, Little high, I think. I think there's going to be a little bit of a shootout coming down to it. I think it's going to go. Uh, but who do you like? What do you see? Um, I got Justin Rose um, to win um, this whole thing. Uh, he's some people have most people have him kind of as a top five candidate, uh, but no one's really picking him to um, win. Uh, I feel like coming overall, off a phenomenal year, yes. just an absolutely phenomenal last year. year uh, he had the playoff loss in 2017. Um, right now, he's ranked. He's ranked number two in the world uh, last week, I believe. Oh, really? I thought he was number one, but he's yeah. yeah he, is he is number one this week. Oh, number, number yeah, two. he is. No, wow, I fantastic. think he's gonna. I think he's gonna ride on, and I just have a good feeling about Justin Rose uh, this week. I don't know why, um, but I'd say my runner-up would probably have to be Rory. Um, because I heard him saying earlier, overall, he feels like 
he he's getting mentally sharper. And I feel like golf, we all say, yeah, you say, and I do agree that it comes down to punting, but I think it comes down to the mental game. And Rory McIlroy has always had a problem mentally, but he's saying he's feeling sharper. You know, he's just calming down, just focusing on a week at a time. And he's playing as good as golf as I've seen him play in a while. So I'd say he's my runner up behind Justin Rose. Yeah, he is. He is playing some absolutely phenomenal golf. He had that, uh, he played him and DJ. Okay, he kind of fell off against mm-hmm. DJ in the uh, WGC Mexico a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe about a month ago now. But he, man, he was playing really well in that one. He, you're right, he, his mental game uh, hasn't always been the strongest. Mm-hmm. He actually had that, uh, he had that snap hook on 12. Uh, at the Masters, oh God, I can't remember what year that was. Now, a couple of years yeah, back, but he had a little bit of a uh, of a collapse there. I think he's primed to make that uh, that turnaround and to uh, go for it. And man, what a great story it'd be too if he could if he could pull off the career Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. Uh, just just for the game for him. Um, maybe not as flashy and as likable as some of the other guys, no, but, but he. Uh, it would be nice to see him win. I would have to and say he's, that. And he's he's turning thirty, and he's like tw- he's twenty nine years old to already pull off the Grand Slam at that age. If he can pull off the Grand Slam now and turn his mental game around, I think he could finish as one of the better golfers of all time. I wouldn't say better than Tiger. I, I you know not maybe not top five, but one of the better ones for sure. Maybe not one of the most liked, but to pull off a Grand Slam already before you even hit 30, and if his mental game's starting to turn around, don't be surprised. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let me ask you this, okay? I'm going to ask you uh, inside, outside, top 10. Right. Let me list some players here and uh, and see where, where they fit. So um, I'm going to give you Rory first. I think you. I already know this yep, answer. Top five. Top five. DJ. Uh, you know what? I said top five, but I'm going to go outside the top five. Okay. Top 10, John Rahm. Outside the top 10. Bryson. Inside the top 10. How about Phil Mickelson? Right right on the edge. Uh, <laughs> he, can, he, he, he can finish 50 or yeah, 5. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll give you outside the top 10 there. Inside 5, Tiger. Inside. Inside. All right. Uh, inside top five, Justin Rose. Inside five, it's I'm gonna have to say in. All right. Uh, inside top five for Bubba. Outside. Uh, top ten, JT. I'm going outside. Uh, top five for Ricky Fowler. I think Ricky's gonna make a real hard push at this. I'm gonna put him inside the top five. Uh, top ten for Brooks Kepka. Man, tough. He's one. Three out of the last six majors. I'm going to have to put him outside the top ten, though. I, I don't think he can do it here at the Masters. Why so? I just I'm, – I'm not sure. I think this doesn't really suit his game. It's big of a it's, – it's a big – got to draw the ball here. Yes, he can bomb the ball, but it's, it's a big right-to-left shot shape off the tee. He's never really been that good at, at, at the right-to-left. Um, I, just, I just don't see him doing it. All right, Tommy Fleetwood, inside or outside top ten? Yeah, I I love to see Tommy Fleetwood in there. Best best hair in the game. Yeah. Let me tell you oh. that. Uh, by far, best hair in the game. Uh, he's been playing really well. I'm saying inside the top ten. All right, uh, Jordan Smith, top ten. 
Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say outside as much as I like them. As much as you said, out of the uh, Brooks, Reed, Sergio Garcia, so you have none of them finishing in the top ten. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. I think they're all outside top ten. All right. So since we have a um, little bit of time remaining, um, so you heard my NHL um, Stanley Cup playoff predictions. So what are some things you agree, disagree with? Was it good? Was it great? Was it bad? Was it ugly? Well, uh, n- number one, I got a, I got a, um, I don't want to say a problem here, but you know, I think you're you're spot on. Tampa Bay is a uh, great team, mm. um, a record season. Yeah. Uh, I actually went to the game uh, just the other day uh, where they with Bruins lost. The Saturday game. I went that to was the, the Saturday last game. Uh, I met a couple of uh, people who actually flew up just to see it because it was a, it was. Um, a historic game for them. Yeah. Uh, I had a few choice words, but this is a family show, so I, I can't I can't say it for them. But uh, we had a, we had a few words, and you know, great, good for them. I think that's awesome. You know, record breaking season. You know, fantastic. However, I, I don't know what it is. I just I see them getting bounced. Um, I don't know about a first round exit against Columbus. Certainly, Columbus is going to give them a, a little bit of a hard time yeah. coming through, but. I, I think you're gonna breeze. They're gonna breeze through them. I, I would agree. I think that uh, Boston's gonna, uh, you know, get right through Toronto. Uh, Toronto's a good, hard, you know, young team. They haven't but, even beat any Eastern Conference teams in the past two months. Yeah, I, I just don't see that one happening. Um, Washington, uh, to me, the the hardest thing, the only thing harder than winning the Stanley Cup is winning it twice. Twice in a row. Uh, so I I would have to agree there, but at the same time, I mean, they they. They've shown a lot of teams that they can hang and they can mm-hmm. play. So, um, got one of the best players out there in Ovechkin. I mean, that's um, it's it's hard to argue against success. So, I I labeled them a little bit of a choker, and I kind of like that Hurricanes hurricane team. But I still have the Capitals winning in six games, but I don't have them uh, going too far. I I could see you know Washington. Uh, I, I could see them making a deep run. That's that's my only uh, thing there. Um, you talk about Pittsburgh and the, and the Islanders here. Islanders got a good young team. They they do. Um, I I like their matchup against Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's gonna I, be a I, good series. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a nice Seven hard fought series. Think, yeah, yeah certainly. I, I think you can you can flip a coin there. I don't mm-hmm. think this Pittsburgh's team is as good as past right. Pittsburgh's. But teams. I I still have them escaping the first round. Um, you still always have Malkin and Crosby, so that's yeah. that's tough. Um, you get over to the West and. Uh, Nice to see Calvary. I, I love seeing Calvary out there. Uh, just just a, uh, a good team to me. I, I like them. I think the Avalanche are the worst team in the playoffs, so I'll take the Flames any day. Oh, absolutely. That that might even that might even go just four games. Um, yeah. Uh, my my the team I'm rooting for out of the West. I don't know if they're going to make it all the way there, but is Vegas. Mm, I who man, does not like Vegas? What a fun team. Mm. Fun to watch. Um, Oh, man, you, you just can't say enough good things about Vegas. They're they're a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I, I think they're going to take out another good team that I like, uh, San Jose. Um, but I, I I'd like to see them come out of there. Unfortunately, I also think Nashville is going to be the team that's going to emerge from the West. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I I do. I think I think Nashville is going to emerge. I they don't want to see them win. I don't like them. I don't know what it is. P.K. Subban? He's part of it. <laughs> he is yeah. a big part of it. Uh, but I, I just don't like them. Um, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say else about it. Uh, Winnipeg, I'd like to see Winnipeg win. They've um, been struggling of late, though. That's... 
I, I would just like to see them win another, you know, the expansion team kind of just uh, continuing to build, um, build up a Winnipeg, build, build up another city kind of thing. Yeah. Um, St. Louis is, you know, they're not. They're, eh. Yeah. It, they played good hockey down the stretch. Uh, like a month ago, they were really hot. Yeah. There's nothing there. Um, but I, if I had to take my pick, I'm saying, I'm saying Nashville's coming out of the West. Uh, you know, as much as I say Tampa Bay is going to get bounced, I, I don't know who's going to bounce them. I, exactly. I, that's the that's the thing there. I'm stuck there. Yeah, um, I, I, I do. I, I, I'm I just not sure. You know, when you, you get to the Bruins, I think this is a good team as far as the Bruins are concerned. But mm. do they have enough to go the whole distance Tuka here? Rask always f- collapses come playoff time. He struggled down the stretch. I ain't I putting know. any money on Tuka Rask. No. I can put you that. I can tell you that. he's He's done nothing for me. He's never – He's never proven to me that he could be the one. You know, in 2011, when they won the cup, there was a question going into the playoffs of whether or not it was going to be Tuka or Tim, Tim Thomas. Thomas yeah. And Tim Thomas obviously proved it. That the, the three things that you need in hockey, you need, number one, you need your, your goaltender to stand on his head in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You need your goal scorers to score goals. And you need – Lightning in a bottle out of somebody. I don't care who it is. Somebody mm. from that third line, your defensive yep. line. Um, you just need somebody who's going to step up each and every series. That's why we traded for Marcus Johansson. Yeah. That's there's Thank there's one of them. Um, you know, you could have a you could have somebody emerge. Jake like, Debrusque's second line, but still he's he's or or Charlie Coyle there. Mm-hmm. You could have one of them. I mean, when you look back uh, past teams, that they always have somebody on that third fourth line mm-hmm. that just really gives dominates spark, and gives yeah. it that yeah that's it spark. Good, uh, I have a question work. for you quickly. Sure. So despite the fact that Tukarask is very overpaid, if he collapses once again in the playoffs, do you heavily consider trading him? I consider trading him already. So let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. uh, but here's, here's your big problem. Here's, and this is, I think this is one of the, the toughest things out there. Uh, there's 32 goaltenders out there. Mm-hmm. He is in the top 12. Got to be. Regular um, season, yeah. Yeah, I mean, got to be. I mean, does that win you a championship? No. no. Does it get you to the playoffs every year? Does yeah. it put fans in the seats? You know, it's it's it, it's a tough, it's a fine line. I mean, how do you really get that that top five goaltender? And then on top of it, you know, how do you keep a top five? Yeah, you might have a top five for one year, maybe not the next year. You know, it's not always going to be the same guy every year. So yeah, I think it's difficult. You know, his longevity is – Proven, he is now the most winning goaltender in Bruins history. Uh, I didn't realize that until the other day. Um, kind of hard to imagine. Mm. I mean, he's he's been here for a long. He's been always. good. It's just can he get it done come playoff time? It seems like we have to play the backup more than him come regular season. And well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: What happens if he if he does pull through? What happens? Well then, I think that shows us that a back, a good backup in Boston is crucial to the point where this season we played him, I think, 40, 41 games. And it shows us that the winning formula with Tukarask, the formula to get him to succeed in the playoffs, is less starts in the regular season. Um, and it shows that we're also going to need a... Um, Good backup goaltender, but if he does prevail through, I, does he consistent? Does he like every single game? Like the most he lets up is three goals. Consistently does good through the playoffs. I'd still shop him for the fact that I want to see what's out there. Just Even after a win, if he takes you through, if he takes you through the Stanley Cup, I don't heavily consider trading him, but I shop around just a little bit. 
just to sniff and see if it's value because if there's a high buyer out there. How uh, how short of a leash do you want to see Bruce Cassidy have on him this this postseason? Um, we're sitting here first round, and if we go two games in and we're facing the Maple Leafs, if we're two games in and he is allowed nine goals in the first two games, depending on the amount of shots, if he's only faced – 55 shots, and he's allowed nine goals. I'll put um, our backup goalie in, Halak. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that Which he's – I can see happening. Just I think he's got a short lease. Halak's been pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's not stellar, but he's not – he, Yeah, I mean, if you if you have to, um, um, I, I, I think he's a good second option if you have to. You just never want to have to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you, how many Brad Marchand or, or, or let me put it this way. Who's your, who's your leading goal scorer this, this postseason? I got to go with Brad Marchand. I mean, I, I want to sit here and say Pasternak, but, um, he's just coming back from that injury and Marchand just had the hundred point season. I think he's your best offensive player all around, uh, with the hundred point season this season. I'll take Marchand. I, I would, I would have to agree there. Um, overall points, who's your leader? Overall points. That's one where I kind of want to go with the sleeper like David Krejci's been playing good, but I can't. I got to go with Bergeron here. Uh, yep. Now, you, you know, you go back to saying you have somebody stepping up that Krejci is the man that can step up. Mm-hmm. If Krejci can have a good postseason, have that second line really dominate, now you're really talking about it. Brad Marchand comes out, he can, he can score you, you know, say – Four or five a series, something like that, yeah. or uh, you know, and then you can have you can have Krejci come out there, have two, three, four. You know, that's that's when you're really starting to talk about this is a team that can that can mm. make that run. And if Tuukka Rask is playing good, I could see them winning the Stanley Cup. It I, again, it all goes down to the goaltending, and you said it. The biggest question with this Bruins team is they can play well, they have the playoff experience, but will Tuukka uh, rise or collapse? My favorite thing, just in general about hockey is that anyone can win mm-hmm. they can all the predators one is the eight seed the it's other. that that's what i think is is unbelievable mm-hmm. about it and that's what uh gets me excited to, to watch yeah, that's these. why i think people underrate the nhl playoffs so much for that fact is it seems like every 16 teams are in it and i say that time and time again you can kind of say that about the nfl but it rarely happens that a wild card team wins the nba is always one of the top three teams it's Forget it's it. it's, it's if your team is a five seed, it just—it doesn't even seem like you stand a chance. And then there's the MLB, which can vary a little, but the NHL definitely uh, has a much variance. And you can say there's some Cinderella teams in March Madness, but I'd say hockey has the most um, to vary. So, yeah, if you haven't heard my full playoff predictions, go check that out last episode. So uh, thanks, Sean, for joining us. Uh, it was a good. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for having me. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to recap when Mass is over. See how our predictions yeah. did, and uh, hopefully we'll, you can come back on the show. We'll do some. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see this NHL playoffs through. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you uh, want to call into the show on the Anchor mobile app, just type in after the buzzer sports talk and send in a voice message. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.